In view of these great facts concerning the Bible, which we have considered, we now ask ourselves, what do we know about our inner reactions to the claims of the Bible? Does its remarkable existence and character kindle our expectations of having our problems answered? The psalmist expressed our yearning of heart when he wrote, Give me understanding, and I shall live. Does it appear that the Bible is qualified to give us this needed understanding? Has there been kindled a confidence within us in the Bible, which is the condition of our gaining true light from its pages? We concluded that we needed such a revelation from God, and that God by his intelligence and love was able and certainly willing to grant it. Should we accept the Bible as the fulfillment of these expectations and go on to inquire earnestly as to its answers? First of all, the Bible is basically a history of redemption. It portrays God in the role of seeking out man with a plan by which undeserved mercy can be extended to him. It sets forth the measures which God has taken toward all men in an effort to reach the very hearts and souls of men and to conquer every inner resistance and obstinacy. How shall God gain the confidence of men who are filled with guilt, fear, and prejudice? God has a message to convey. Man has drawn up his guard of resistance, so to speak, and self-defense. How shall God bridge this great gulf of separation? As in every controversy, one of the parties must take the initiative or nothing will be settled. Man is too filled with moral darkness to allow himself to be softened toward God. God must be the one, though infinitely greater, to condescend and seek out man. The Bible is a history of the struggles, successes, and failures of this great and profound venture. God has found human channels who would give ear to him and whom he could trust with treasures of truth. Evidently, Adam and Eve could be trusted after they had had time to ponder their dreadful guilt and rebellion. Evidently, Abel likewise had listening ears and was killed by his brother for his humble response to God. Evidently, Seth followed in his steps, and then Enoch with his long walk with God of over 300 years. Noah found favor with God when God in great heartbreak and disappointment was on the verge of destroying the whole human race, we are told. God entrusted him with a 120-year ministry of preaching righteousness and built a great ark to symbolize the coming judgment. All along, pouring forth the grief of his heart in the proclamation of the righteousness of God. Abraham caught God's eye in Haran and was chosen for God's great venture of building a nation for himself. He was astonished by the abundance of God's promises. 
But his strong faith enabled God to fulfill his plans and give him the epitaph, the father of the faithful. Others followed, and finally Moses was brought into prominence by his remarkable preservation, training, humiliating experiences, and exultation in service. He could be favored with a 40-day stay in the vibrant presence of God on the mountain and be humble enough to wist not that his face shone. So he could go on through God's book of heroes, of faith, both small and great. To these we owe a debt of gratitude that their humble attitude enabled God to lead them out of the beaten path into the realms of profound contemplation. From these secret sessions, they brought back to the human race the glorious depositories of truth which God was longing to impart. The process then was this, a response of prostration of heart and a kindled faith toward God's manifestation on the part of human instruments, the impartation of unknown truth from the great being and mind of God, which we call revelation. Finally, the recording of this revealed truth accurately and dependably for living and future generations to ponder and meditate upon, which we call inspiration. With us, it is illumination of the Holy Spirit of God to lead us back by means of the written record of truth to the facts which have once for all been revealed. Does not this excite our curiosity to seek in the Bible the true word of God, the answers to our problems of mind and life? We saw that we have problems of our inner lives in the form of disillusions and disappointments. These silent agonies find explanation in the Bible. The aches of heart are lessened in the light of God's explanation of it all. Present crushing burdens can be borne when we learn that there is a God who shares the load and will meet us at the end of the road and prove himself without blame as having any part in causing agony of heart and life. Yes, the Bible is the sweetener of the bitter fountains of the heart. The Bible shows us the answer for our bodily pains, furthermore, which afflict us and hurry us on to that great intrusion, death. Why must men die? Were they made so? We know not. The Bible gives us the answer. Shall we not all come to it? And what of the unrest, hatred, crime, and wars that surround us? Does God have any part in bringing all this into existence or making them necessary? Will the Bible answer this? Will it demonstrate that all this has followed from man's sin and guilt and therefore set forth a righteous and a holy God to which we can look through tear-dimmed eyes? Will you not give the Bible a chance to establish a great God in the universe above the tempest of life?
who is worthy of eternal veneration? How did nature itself come to be unfriendly to our happy existence? Has God failed in some features of his design plans? Are not the elements under the control of his great hand? Why do many things occur as they do? The Bible will give us the answer here too. Shall we not look to it and give it a chance to enlighten us? What of the creature and animal kingdom that seems to be at odds with us and openly fearful and antagonistic? Was all this in accordance to God's original plan? Can the Bible help us here? These tremendous maladjustments demand an explanation. No trifling incident or series of incidents will suffice. Colossal tragedies must have colossal causes or a colossal cause. Can the Bible justify God in making all these modifications from his ideal plan that he evidently has had to make? Can there be an occasion great enough in the conduct of man to demand the reactions that evidently have been brought into existence? If man has conducted himself in such a dreadful manner that God is entirely justified in all his countermeasures, then our hearts can be filled with joy that there is such a God in the universe. The mind is thrilled with the prospect of unending exploration of the wonders of the great Godhead. Faith springs up and dethrones despair. Courage kindles activity. God will win, and we must win with him. Righteous battles are the stuff of which worthy character is forged. Obstacles can be stepping stones to glory. The Apostle Paul climbed above all the frailties of life and said, We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. The terrible measures of redemption have brought forth manifestations of the Godhead, which have astonished even the holy angels in their perfect comprehension and long exposure to the ways of holiness and intelligence. These have conquered man's heart wherever there has been a response within him to allow God to perpetuate his glorious convictions. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, said the apostle. But the Bible tells us how death can be swallowed up in victory. It tells us how sin can be so dealt with that it no longer is the sting of death. Is this not a wonderful book? It must be the book of God. It must be the word of God. Let us be like Moses and remove our shoes, so to speak, in humility so that we may be enlightened by its pages. Let us look to the Spirit of the living God who has promised his cooperating enlightenment upon our very hearts. Let us prostrate our hearts and our minds and our spirits before such a great profound revelation of the heart of God let us take courage 
by all the saints that have gone before, have found the victory that's possible through faith. May we pray. Our Heavenly Father, our hearts are filled with unspeakable joy as we realize the forcefulness of thy truth and the glorious character that thou hast manifested in thy great love toward man and in the great pains that thou hast taken that we might be enlightened and delivered. How we thank thee that faith is the victory, but faith can only be born over hearts of sincere repentance. We pray, therefore, that thy truth may lead many to this necessary condition of the fountains of thy blessing, that many may come in a proper attitude, look to the Lord Jesus Christ by the eye of faith, as welcomed by thy heart of love, find forgiveness and the fullness of thy glory to go on and serve the great Lord Jesus Christ forevermore until thou dost come for us. In Jesus' name, our wonderful Savior. Amen.